On this week's episode of Inside the Nest, we'll take a look back at the tough start for Kennesaw State football, but the opportunity that awaits when the Owls take on defending college football playoff semifinalists, the Cincinnati Bearcats at historic Nippert Stadium this weekend. It's all coming up here on Inside the Nest. Welcome into this week's ITN. We are joined today by Barkley Miller, Brandon Sutton, Caleb O'Neill, Bryce Gobert. Jordan Griffith will give us a look at the A-Sun here later on. But guys, first off, really enjoyed the broadcast with y'all on Thursday. It was a tough result for the Owls. However, I felt like we had some fun on air. And looking back at that game, now that we've had a longer weekend to digest it and maybe compared and taken in a lens of looking at other college football games over the weekend, Let's go around with our take five. Give me one thing that you learned from last Thursday's game about KSU. So my takeaways from last week, I mean, definitely we're not on the overreaction anymore, right? We've been able to kind of digest it and go back and look at things. I want to go with a positive and a negative. Positive, we looked really good up front defensively. I feel like Kennesaw State controlled the line of scrimmage. That was really fun to watch. Uh, definitely had pressure on hires all night he didn't have a clean pocket much or much time to throw it he just did a really good job of getting it out of there so that was a nice takeaway for me um and then a negative takeaway it's kind of the opposite i felt like we didn't look too good up front offensively that's definitely going to be a point of emphasis for the guys moving forward not too terribly bad you know because I mean that's pretty typical of the spread option offense um the offensive line always grows and gets better as the year goes on first game always the hardest especially with those young guys you know learning their assignments figuring out what linebackers they need to fit up that's something that Sut hit it on hinted on during the broadcast and we talked about this weekend they really just need to work on getting linebackers and getting hats on those guys and uh for me my biggest takeaway is I Barkley started to hit on it right there is just we showed, we came out to that Sanford game with a really young uh, off-the-line mix-up, and we had a lot of guys rotating up there, and we were still able to put a lot of good stuff on tape in that ballgame. Um, it, it wasn't a lot of great stuff, but it was a lot of good stuff that we can build from here going forward. So I know that once Coach Chesson's able to get with these guys, uh, fix the mistakes, uh, get some things looking right at practice, uh, the, the ceiling is who knows where going forward this year in this offense. Yep, and my takeaway goes right along with theirs, we had a lot of young guys get very, very valuable experience that they have never had before. And with a team that changed the fronts up continuously, that played well against our young guys, linebackers flying, and they got to take a check from the QB, know their rule, know their job, and then go do it. I think it gave some of the young guys a eye-opening experience that where they can know what and how hard they need to prepare and train to get ready. And then back on the defensive line, I think they looked they looked really good in my eyes. They were coming off the ball. They were making the QB move. They were strip sack right there. Like they were doing really well. So that's my takeaway is that they they kind of showed up pretty good. One thing I learned is that this offense is going to be another run-heavy offense. They rushed for over 150 yards for the 73rd consecutive game. So Owls definitely going to go back to that running game. They used a little bit of passing, but it wasn't as successful probably as they would have hoped. Um, so I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see how we look towards Cincinnati um, and all the running and how their defensive line is able to hold up against our heavy run-heavy offense. I think you guys are on the point with just about everything so far. I think the the number one thing that I learned was how difficult it is to play offensive line in this system at Kennesaw State, where we had so many new guys come in and then had guys shifted over different positions. I mean, James Dawson got to start at center and didn't start at center at all last year. It was Nana Fabu and it was Matt Olson, and Matt Olson didn't play. He's an all-conference guy. T-Pax was limited. He's an all-conference guy. Uh, so you had new tackles in there. You had Seth Adams and you had the freshman Nathan Wright. And then we got to see more of Hall O'Neill than we had more of all last year. So it gave me more of a respect for how difficult it is to master the intricacies of this offense. 
um, from an offensive line standpoint. And when y'all have said in years past, hey, it takes time for this offensive line to gel, I think this gave me more of an understanding of that from having to see the difficulties KSU went through in game one. But y'all are right. It's going to take time to gel. They're going to be a lot better as the season goes on. You just have some lumps that you'll have to overcome. Uh, I think the second thing that I learned is the vast amount of importance that goes into an operational standpoint of allowing a booth to control their own AC and not have the AC locked where it's 65 degrees. And I thought I was going to be sweating bullets the entire day and I'm freezing my tail off the entire broadcast in a closed window press box. There's no reprieve from the Southern humidity. While wearing shorts. Yeah, I thought I was going to be sweating. I wore shorts because I thought it was going to be so freaking hot. Nope. Nope. Needed a jacket. Needed pants. Needed sweats. You needed fall football weather attire, not early or late summer football weather attire. However, that walk from our car over, which, you know, credit to Barkley and Brandon for carrying the radio sideline equipment and Jordan for developing more muscles for our full radio box. That was a hike. That's where, that's where the shorts came in clutch. Yeah, no doubt. That was a hike, and it definitely warmed you up after being in the ice box. It, it was chilly. I was in pants, and I was still cold, man. Um, <laughs> I can't believe we didn't get condensation off the glass from how cold it was in our room and how hot it was outside. It was like 90, 92 degrees while the guys were playing. Well, from, from my perspective at the game, I can say that uh, it honestly wasn't that cold for me, guys. Uh, down there on the field, it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a toasty uh, ninety something with the with the field uh, with the field coming off the field. But uh, yeah, that walk afterwards, Nolan, it got the old biceps going, uh, holding that box and trying to get it to the car. That was that was a fun one. Barkley, was it like the walk from Georgia Tech last year? Uh, it was not as bad as the walk from Georgia Tech last year. That was like a mile and a half. That was a hike, man. That was a fun Thank- one. Thank God we didn't have to carry the equipment during that one, did we? I don't think we. No, did. we think, didn't. Yeah, I think we got to drop it off, or no one. And we, we got a we got a little shuttle back too, so we got a little bit lucky. Yeah, man that that was that was a hike. Mm. Well, we're almost ready to put Sanford past us. We will talk about the Sanford game with our guest on Inside the Nest this week. It's defensive lineman Travis Bell. After our interview with Travis Bell, Jordan Griffith will give us an update on the A-Sun Conference, and then we'll move into our preview of Saturday's 3.30 kickoff, the Owls and the Cincinnati Bearcats. It's all coming up here on Inside the Nest. Meet the Owls up close and personal and engage with Owl Nation. Show your support for the black and gold and stay up to date on all of our social media platforms. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow our Twitter and Instagram at KennesawSTFB to keep up with news and score. To stay up to date on all things KSU Athletic, follow us on Twitter at KSU Owl Nation, as well as following us on our Instagram and liking our Facebook page at Kennesaw State Owls. And we are excited to welcome in defensive line star Travis Bell here as Kennesaw State is set to take on the Cincinnati Bearcats from Nippert Stadium here on Saturday. Travis, thanks so much for joining us. And I want to lead off with the first question that has nothing to do with you on the field. This past spring, you earned the Academic EAT Award, the Academic EAT of the Year You graduated with your degree. I've heard a lot of compliments about your journey and what that degree meant to you. But I want to hear firsthand from you. uh, What did earning your degree from KSU mean to you? Why was it special? And tell me a little bit more about what that award meant to you as well. Yeah, what uh, that award mean a lot to me, man. I done been through a lot since I've been here. A lot of ups and downs, man. And just to, you know, walk across that stage and get my degree, man. That was a big accomplishment in my life, man. And I was the first in my family to um to graduate college. So that was a that was a big event for me, man. Who played key roles in your journey here at KSU when you were in those downs, as you said, those low points? Uh it was a lot. The whole coaching staff, they was behind me. They supported me a hundred percent. And you know, the staff members, uh Lydia, uh Mike. You know, the, my academic advisors, they was all, you know, 
supporting me through that journey and helping me get through that journey. What was your family's reaction when you officially became the first graduate out of your family? Uh, it was it was it was a storm of emotions, man. My mom she cried a lot, and I couldn't help but to cry with her. Everybody think I'm 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 the big tough guy, but you know we all got a soft spot, especially when mom's involved. So yeah, man, my mom she was very emotional when when she got the news that I was graduating for sure. As she should be. And I think that's a great story, Travis. You're back here at Kennesaw State anchoring this defensive line. Coaches made the remarks before to others that you were the leader up front and this defense feeds off your play, whether you realize it or not. Going into this season, how did you view yourself from a leadership standpoint on the defensive line? Honestly, man, my whole life, uh, a lot of people have been telling me that every Every level I played, junior high, high school, Pop Warner ball, everybody told me that um, that I was a leader, but that was never the case for me. I I was never a vocal guy, you know. Uh, I just went out there and played and just tried to do my job to the best of my abilities and, and hope the guys behind me, you know, um, just just fall in line. But uh, taking on that leadership role and and them telling me that, man, it was it was big. I knew I had to um, approach the game approach the game a different way approach approach everything a different way honestly and um just try to you know get the rest of the guys to buy in and and try to um jump on his way tell me an example of what it means to approach the game a different way uh just carrying yourself a different way you know sometimes sometimes when i want to practice sometimes it might it might be one of those days where it's just hot uh nothing's going our way probably in the classroom, probably in personal life. You just got to know how to um, overcome adversity and just attack every day like it's your last. Mm -hmm. So I want to get to some questions here from other members of the crew that can't be on here for the interview. But this comes from Barkley, a former defensive lineman. His first question is, reflecting on the Samford game, give me one positive thing that you can look back on and be happy about and one thing you think the team can and will improve on going into week two. Uh, one thing, uh, I can be positive about, uh, I have to say, uh, the, the communication within the defense, uh, you know, we got a lot of young guys playing, so we, we expect some errors in that area, but, you know, for the most part, um, the young guys play, they play, they tail off and they communicated well, uh, specifically middle linebacker Juan, he's a freshman. And just for him to step up and make some big plays for that was that was big. And um, one thing I feel like we can work on is just the self-inflicted air, um, the self-inflicted wounds. Just you know, just not hurting ourselves. Just trying, just trying to put ourselves in the best situation to win. And that's something we um, we fell short on against Sanford. His second question, Travis, is: What are you most excited about going to Cincinnati this weekend? compared to traveling down the road to Georgia Tech last year? Uh, I'm just excited about the, the caliber of team we playing, man. This is a – they came off a, 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 a excellent season, a great season, one of the top teams in the, in the nation. And um, we just plan on just going out there and just, you know, making a name for ourselves, man. Win, lose, or draw. The, the goal is to make a name for ourselves. Looking forward to that. Our next set of questions here comes in from Brandon Sutton, a former offensive lineman. As a leader on this team, what can you do this week to help prepare yourself and your teammates to push through last week's game and look forward here to Cincinnati? Uh, I was talking about that yesterday with my uh, with Coach Klein. Uh, the goal to push forward this week is just, is just to practice how we're going to play. Every play, every 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 drill, everything we're doing, we just need to focus on preparing how we're going to play. That's the biggest. That's the biggest thing for this week. It's a good answer, Travis. And I think the second question here from Brandon is looking forward to Saturday's game with the Bearcats. Besides, of course, coming out with a dub, what are some other goals for the game? Uh, some other goals for the game is just to you know. Uh, Get our name out there, man. Make a name for ourselves, man. We're going up against the, the best of the best, and and to go. The goal is just to see see who can hang and, and see who who 
who who can you know go out there and make a name for themselves and 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 you know represent. And our last set of questions before we turn it over to Bryce here is coming from Caleb O'Neill, and he says, given last week and the upcoming opponent, how did the team respond early in the week to practice? Uh, the team, I say the team responded well. Uh, Coach Bo, he was very, uh, he was very open about, about uh, the, the future and what we got ahead of us. And we can't, we just cannot dwell on, on that one loss. We got to just, just keep moving on because our goal is still in line for us. And lastly, from Caleb, what are you looking forward to as far as playing in front of the atmosphere that we're going to have Saturday? Uh, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to for. I'm looking forward uh, to a loud stadium, a packed stadium, uh, just an overall, you know, uh, a memorable moment for sure. All right, Travis. I got one more question for. I know Bryce has a couple too to wrap this one up. As a defensive guy, when you're in a big stadium like that, usually you don't hear those crowd roars during the series. They want to keep the offense quiet. What kind of feelings, emotions, excitement do you get when you're on the road and you come up with a big play and that crowd just goes, hush, you can hear a pin drop? Man, that's, <laughs> I've been, I dream about those moments, man. I, I, I go to sleep at night thinking about the plays I'm going to make and, and how, how, how I will react after those plays. You know, I just... I just, I just, I'm just ready, man. Just thinking about it makes me, give me the shivers a little bit, man. I'm just ready to go out there and put, put my best foot forward. Travis, I just got a couple of questions here for you. Um, my first one is kind of going to relate to what we've, a lot of the guys have been about last week. Um, what's something from last week's game against Samford, Samford personally um, that you feel like you want to improve on or something that you felt went really well for you? Uh, something I want to improve on uh, personally is my pass rush. Uh, I like improve on, you know, uh, getting getting to the quarterback faster, uh, disrupting the passing, um, his passing vision, and and just going four quarters or you know just at an intense level on my pass rushing. So that's the biggest goal. Now you talk about that pass pass rush. You're going up against a really big opponent, as you've mentioned, against Cincinnati, a top four finisher last year in the college football playoff. Um, what do you have to do personally again to prepare for such a big game? I know Nolan kind of touched on it a little bit on what that feeling is like. How do you mentally and physically prepare for such a big game? Uh, in my mind, I just try to take every rep like it's it's my last rep, being as physical as possible. Uh, you know, going against the scout team, sometimes you know they their eyes get a little big when I'm doing it. They think they might think I'm doing a little too much, but honestly, I'm just trying to prepare myself for, for a game like this. Travis, thanks so much for spending time with us and best of luck to you and the Owls against Cincinnati. Oh yeah. I appreciate you guys. With fifth third momentum banking, we're making banking a fifth third better. Cappuccino for Dave. Yep. Oh, I overdrafted? Now this coffee is $43. That's steep, even for us. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we've got your back, which is why we give you extra time to avoid an overdraft. That's way better. This is banking. A Fifth Third better. Fifth Third Extra Time gives you longer. Anytime before midnight ET on the business day after your account is overdrawn to make a deposit that brings your available balance to at least $0. Visit 53.com for additional details. Fifth Third Bank, NA member FDIC. Looking at the A-Sun last week, to be honest, it didn't go quite as planned. Kennesaw State, obviously, with the loss. Central Arkansas fell to a top-ranked team in Missouri State, 27-14. No shame in that loss. Missouri State was ranked anywhere from 5-8 to eight in the nation. EKU fell 42-34 to 34 against Eastern Michigan. Then Jacksonville State and Austin P showed out on Saturday. The only two Saturday games played, ironically enough, 63 to nothing, guys, over Presbyterian. I don't care who they're playing 
playing. 63 to nothing. That is an impressive score to put up. They had 42 points going into the locker room. Not even sure how that's possible. That's something that just does not happen. I know Presbyterian has now gone to non-scholarship, but Austin P showing out on offense. Jacksonville State winning 35 to 17 over another non-scholarship team. Jacksonville State, this offense is looking explosive. The offense has been tailor-made for Zion Webb. He's throwing and running the ball as great as he can right now. He had five touchdowns on the day, and he continues to roll after an incredible week against SFA just a week before. Again, although last week didn't go quite as planned in the A-Sun, there are some winnable games around the conference. Looking at Eastern Kentucky, they face Bowling Green. Austin P hosts Mississippi Valley State. North Alabama plays Virginia wise and then you have some juggernauts obviously Kennesaw State playing Cincinnati then you have Central Arkansas on the road in Ole Miss Oxford Mississippi that's going to be a great one to watch and Jacksonville rounds it out as they play Murray State some of the biggest takeaways from last week I think is that North Alabama is here to stay and I think that they can compete with any team in this conference they did lose off of a fumble a snap over the head there in the last couple of plays in overtime against Indiana State but Indiana State plays in one of the best conferences we know year in and year out in the Missouri Valley they were able to compete with them throughout the entire game again the quarterback plays what we have to watch out for there and again Jacksonville State they look like a juggernaut right now and their strength has been the ground game not only Zion Webb but they have a pair of backs that can kill you with both guys can break it open into the open field a dynamic trio for rushing the ball Jacksonville State coach Rodriguez leading them down the right path they look really good but they'll certainly be getting some tougher tests as the season goes on in the non-conference schedule, guys. Appreciate the update there, Jordan. Looking forward to having you with us this Saturday. Kennesaw State in Cincinnati, 3.30 kickoff. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. You can listen to it on the KSU Owl Network via the KSU Owls app, KSUowls.com, and the TuneIn app. So let's take a look at this Cincinnati program. Coach Bohannon mentioned it. In his press conference on Tuesday, there's not much more that needs to be said. This is a team that played in the college football playoff last year, played well against Alabama, had a phenomenal regular season, is not a flash in the pan, played in a New Year's Six Bowl game the year before that. They're a perennial contender. They're picked atop the American Conference again. Uh, in my mind, they should have beat Arkansas on Saturday. Coach talked about they, they missed a few passes and had some open guys. I think in addition to that, you had the field goals. You had some other unlucky plays. You're on the road in the SEC. You had a lot stacked against you. They had a lot of new guys. A lot of respect for Cincinnati. So let's start out looking at the history of Cincy. Bryce Gobert, what do you have for us? So I'm going to start off just with a, a couple of small facts. First of all, it's a 69-year-old program. Um, they officially played their first game in 1885. And all the way up until 1934, they didn't really have an official season. They were only really playing two to maybe, I think, max five games per season. Um, so in 1935, they became an old time, you could call it double A school, what it was back then, what we consider FCS now. Um, they became, I'll start here first, head coach Luke Fickle is in his sixth season as head coach with a 48 and 16 record for the Bearcats. But an interesting fact here, guys, Cincinnati in the 1983 season was an FCS school. They had a very big upset over number 20 Penn State at the time, 14 to three. And what's interesting, Bryce, you go back to that game in 1983, that will be 39 years to the date from Saturday's kickoff. That was September 10th. Penn State was a defending national champion that year. As that was one of the first notable ones over the past 29 years for an FCS team to defeat a ranked FBS team. Now, as of the time of this recording, Cincinnati had fallen out of a poll. So the, the fact that they're, if they're unranked going into Saturday is just mind boggling to me, considering what they had and still how well I thought they played on Saturday and losing on the road like that at a top 25 team. I don't see how they're not ranked, but hey, we know where the bias lies in the media. So that's, that's a really good note there, Bryce. Yep. And that's, uh, it'll be a really fun one. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Luke Fickle does with this uh, Kennesaw State team. He's in his sixth season right now, so he has a lot of experience under his belt. Only one losing season. That was his first ever since he's had a he's had four straight consecutive winning seasons. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see what the Owls can do against the Cincinnati Bearcats team. So let's delve into the matchup on the field, the Kennesaw State offense against the Cincinnati defense. Okay, jumping into this section, guys, this is going to be an interesting matchup this week. 
coming into this matchup, we're not going to be 100% sure what our offense is going to see coming against a, uh, a FBS opponent like Cincinnati. But judging off my general knowledge of what most teams with bigger players such as Cincinnati will try to do, I just have a feeling they're going to try to come in with a strong 50 front so they can use those big defensive ends and try to get them inside and cause a lot of havoc. And while also having the availability of those linebackers to be able to move from sideline to sideline to try to get things going. But coming into this week's matchup, I think it's going to come down to a lot of interior work from the centers and guards for the uh, offensive line for Kennesaw State uh, coming up against Jawan Briggs, and uh, Jabari Taylor, the D lineman from Cincinnati. It's going to be a really big matchup for these guys this week, having to just not only hold their own ground, but also be able to open up holes for this backfield coming into this week's ballgame. But also we're going to have to look into this week, into the backfield this week, and it's going to come down a lot to Xavier Shepard and what his eyes are going to be able to read on the field. Because last in last week's game against Arkansas, where we were able to see that the defense was doing a great job in a lot of different places, uh, Jaheim Thomas, Ivan Pace, and Jaquan Shepard were all three able to get to the backfield and get sacks last week for the Cincinnati Bearcats. So it's going to take a lot of work from Xavier Shepard this week, not only working the offensive line and working with these guys to get everybody in the right place, but also reading the, reading the, uh, the defense, what's going on in that backfield, and putting us in the best position at all times. Yeah, Brandon, I'm really excited to see what Xavier Shepard looks like on Saturday and how he's going to be able to bounce back from that game on Thursday. He had a Kennesaw State single game record with 35 carries. I don't know every play call that was called. I don't think it was intended for him to carry 35 times in the game. I'm not sure Coach Chesnut said, all right, Shepard, keep here 35 single times. So I'm curious to see how he bounces back from last week, what his reads look like, and, and you know what holes are available up front of the offensive line. And I do want to see how that offensive line comes back from the game last week and, again, what improvements they can make uh, against Cincinnati. And I'm curious your guys' thoughts on this, playing against a, an FBS opponent. you got some bigger guys out there. In the past, how much did that help y'all, whether it was the next game or the season went on, being to draw upon that experience of going against some bigger bodies? Personally, I think the size the size is one of those things that doesn't really matter. It can it can come into uh, factors late into, late into a ball game, but it's one of those things that if we're able to do what we do on offense, create leverage, and just be in the right place at the right time, we are still able to make plays. As a lot of as all of these guys have seen before, it's just it's a lot of work. And the size of the, our opponent doesn't matter as long as we are able to do our job and execute effectively. Yeah, defensively, it's a little different because um, size, you know, it, it's kind of the way you play defense and the way the offense is. Those are offenses that typically we see every week. You know, everybody's kind of gone to that spread style, bunch of zone running schemes. So size actually does kind of come to play in a little bit um, defensively, but one advantage that we do have at Kennesaw State is kind of like what I said earlier, our D-line, man, they're good. They're good. They're big. They can match up with anybody. And then that attacking 4-2-5 defense that Coach Propel runs kind of does a similar thing. The, the D-line, even if we're undersized, which I wouldn't really consider us to be, is always moving, slanting. They, he's bringing corners, bringing linebackers. So it kind of, you know, out leverages that. In terms of going into the game, though, um, Brandon, tell me what you think about this. I always felt like it kind of hyped us up. You know, we Kennesaw State traditionally has always played better as the underdog with a chip on their shoulder. We didn't go into the year like that, but uh, we're back there, guys. And um, I personally, I think it's a good thing. I think it's good for the program, and that's where we're comfortable being. So let us be it. Yeah, man, I think you're right. I mean, it's not a comfortable feeling coming off uh, – coming off of last week's game and being in the current position you're in at 0-1, but it, it does give you that little extra jolt of energy and just it just helps push you forward as, as we did as it showed for us in the past in 2017. After we uh, dropped that first game, we were able to uh, knock off 11 straight. So it's, it's one of those things you don't like it at the time, but you're able to use it. And as any any player will be able to tell you, this, it's losing is not a good feeling. You hate it, but it's, it's what you're able to do next and how you're able to put it towards your next game and what you're able to do with it going forward. Yeah, and that's something that the coaches really push too, is, you know, okay, do you want to – I mean, every coach ever pushes this, but do you want to feel like this or do you want to work harder, train harder, practice harder so you don't have to feel like this again? 
And I feel like a lot of guys have that mentality and that mindset without the coaches saying anything, but it's always a, they always seem to remind you in the times like that. But back to the original question, I think playing an FBS opponent, and I was actually talking to someone about this today. Um, whenever you go out there and execute your job against someone that is better than you, air quotes, um, it makes you feel like, okay, maybe, okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe I am better than I think, and I have the ability to do this. I have to go and do it. And that's, for me, it made me feel more motivated and like I am better equipped than I actually thought I was whenever I went and executed my job. And you know what, Caleb? Just just continue thinking about what you were just saying, just like being able to execute and do your job. If if the offense is able to get in pace this week and everybody's able to get in, like get in sync and roll, one of those things that our offense has already always been able to do is speed of the game. And that's just one of been it's been one of those huge factors that Kennesaw State football, offense, defense, everything. The speed of the game is one of those things that helps us knock it, knock the opponent out, keeps everything lights out. If they're able to get in sync and everything's be able to roll, the size factor is not going to be able to matter because those guys are going to be gassed, tired. They're, they're going to be trying to roll guys in, but we're not going to be subbing, so it's not going to matter. And I just think that, that can be one of those impacts in uh, the factors going into this week's ball game. It's like what Coach K says during summer training, bullets, not bowling balls. Caleb O'Neill, Brandon Sutton, Barkley Miller joining Bryce Gobert and me here on ITN. All right, that's the offensive side. How does this look on the flip side with the Cincinnati offense lining up against the Kennesaw State defense? Man, no one, um, just to keep it straight with everybody, these guys look good. You kind of hinted at it. I mean, honestly, they had a legitimate chance to be Arkansas this past weekend if, if anybody didn't catch that game. Um, and Arkansas, I think, is went into this year pretty well regarded as the third best team in the SEC behind not only just Alabama and Georgia. So we know Arkansas is talented. That means we know Cincinnati's talented. I think – you know, their quarterback, Ben Bryant, he threw it all over the field, had a really nice game, in my opinion. Had that one mistake with the interception, but 26 for four, for twenty six for 43 with 325 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's against a legitimate Arkansas defense that's very gritty, very talented. It, it proves how good they are and how good of a program Coach Fickle has built over there. Now – on the flip side, all I see there is opportunity, kind of going back to what Caleb said. If our defense can come out, especially our D-line, and compete and go man-on-man -man with these guys, I mean, that just proves how good and how talented we know we are on defense. I think the biggest order, it's not going to be the D-line. It's going to be the DB stepping up from last week, right? Coach Safford has a big job ahead of him for getting the guys ready. Seemed to be a lot of uh, busted coverage last weekend against – I mean, last Thursday against Sanford. Um, Got to get that fixed. It, it kind of goes back to what we were saying with the O-line, young guys, man, that didn't get a lot of reps last year. We saw Chance Gamble. We saw him a little bit last year, but that was his first real, you know, big-time starting role. He had to be the guy. Dylan Hand, same thing. We didn't see him much at all last year. I think you got to lean on guys like Marquise and, um, you know, some of the other guys to just – kind of coach those guys up, get them in the right position. Coach Stafford, like I said, it, he did it last year. He elevated that DB room from what they looked like at the beginning of the year to being one of the better position groups that we had on the defense last year. So I think that's going to be the biggest key is how the DBs handle the Cincinnati offense because they're going to put the ball in the air, especially after what they saw against the, with the Kennesaw defense against Sanford. You're right, Barkley. I think it's going to be a challenge. Cincinnati obviously had success replacing Desmond Ritter in the first game. And there's a few mistakes there, but the start they got from Bryant on the road, I think a lot of teams would take that on the road in the SEC in game one with a new QB. And he's someone who transferred out of the program and came back in, won a quarterback battle in the spring. So they also have, uh, they'll have their hands full on the defensive side. I'm really excited to see if Kennesaw State can bring out turnover plank early and try to stop some momentum 
for Cincinnati, forcing some turnovers. Kennesaw State was able to do that early against Sanford, and then in the third quarter, just you know, struggled to put it for four quarters. But uh, what kind of an effect would a couple early turnovers do for this KSUD, Barkley? Nolan, I, that's a great point. I, I think it would just you know really set the tone for Kennesaw is not there to lay down, right? They're there to go and try to win the football game. If you ask me, anybody here on this podcast, there, there's the opportunity here to go out and have that big FBS win over a team that I agree with you should absolutely be in the top 25 after that showing against Arkansas. How they got kicked out, I have no clue. They got ripped off. Um, bringing out some turnovers early, man, first off, it shakes up that Cincinnati offense. Like, man, these kids are here to play. One. And two, it gives, like what Caleb said, it gives the guys that confidence of, we can play with these guys, you know. It, naturally, they've been told that the Cincinnati guys, the guys who are signing to go play for top 25 FBS teams are quote-unquote better all their life. You know, it's like, oh, these guys are different. These guys are more athletic. It's Man, you get some turnovers, you lay some big hits. It's, it's like, no, it, we're all men. Everybody, they are the famous quote, right? They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like we do here in this locker room. And they have the opportunity to go show that man and bring the juice. It, bringing out turnover plank would be huge, and I, I can't wait to see it. I, I think these guys are going to bring the juice, man. I really have a really good feeling about this weekend. And that's something that we kind of hit on with Travis is that silencing that big crowd. I mean, you're going to be in front of something all new of 40,000 people. And I know someone who goes to Cincinnati, and they're struggling – to their students are struggling to get tickets because so many people want to be at this game. So it's going to be an absolutely packed house. And if you can bring out turnover plank early and kind of hush that crowd, uh, that that's definitely going to be a big momentum thing, it, but it's what you're going to do after that drive. If you can bring it out, you got to get the offense going in order to carry on that momentum into the next drive for the defense, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. Each phase of the game is it all feeds off of each other. So once offense starts clicking or defense gets a turnover, obviously everyone else is going to have more energy, get a little drilling rush. Everybody's going to be hyped. And then boom, that's when things can really stack and you can take off. Caleb, let's keep it with you. The special teams match up here Saturday. Yeah. So there are some interesting stats from last year and they seem to be carrying over into this year. So last year, they missed 10 field goals throughout the season. And this year, they've already missed two in the opening game. They cycled through four kickers last season. So right now, they're sticking with their, their main guy for at least the game, which is Ryan Coe. But... We shall see. So that's that's interesting to see because we, we all know that the special teams of Kennesaw State get after field goal block, get after it on field goal block, and get after field goals. They consistently block field goals every year since I've ever seen them. So that's good look. And look to see our interior D lineman just blowing up right through the middle or somebody coming off the edge, as always. And then another person on there, um, person I think is interesting, is their returner, Trey Tucker. He's been there, and he's returned kicks for the last three seasons. And he returned one for a touchdown last year. His average was about 25 yards per return on kickoffs last season. And then this year, he had – an 18 and a half yard average last weekend and a tw on punts and a 29 yard return on kickoffs this last weekend. So containing him in the, their special teams backfield and vice tackle, keeping him from breaking one and getting a little bit of momentum and maybe even a big stop would be a huge win for the Kennesaw State Owls. That's a really good point, Caleb. Going back to the Sanford game, the first punt return by Chandler Smith was a 20-yard return. The opening kickoff by Judd Cockett was over a 40-yard return. Uh, now on the kickoff, Kennesaw State was able to force a three and out. After that, 
the kickoff coverage and the punt unit led by Joshua Hewitt got a lot better. But you're exactly right. In a game like this, you can't lose that battle of hidden yards if you expect to come out with a victory. Uh, absolutely. And it may not seem as, oh, he averages 18 yards. It may not seem some huge number, some big, crazy, off the wall, like, wow, he's crazy. But with averaging like that, he has the ability to be explosive. He's been in the program. He's been a returner for three years. So he, he has experience catching the ball, running it, and we're going to have to use our experience to bring him down and slow him down. We've got one last break here on ITN. When we come back, Travis Bell rejoins the podcast. It's a little Would You Rather in Fact or Fiction. Coming up next on ITN. Wellstar Health System helps Kennesaw State Owls stay in the game, no matter what your health goals or concerns are. Find our convenient health centers on campus. Our providers will get to know your needs and help you stay feeling your best. When you go off campus, Wellstar is there for you too. With hospitals, urgent care centers, and medical offices nearby to keep you well. Visit wellstar.org to learn more. Welcome back into Inside the Nest, the official podcast of Kennesaw State Athletics. Nolan Alexander, Bryce Gobert, Caleb O'Neill, Brandon Sutton, Barkley Miller, and Travis Bell rejoining us here for our last segment before Kennesaw State and Cincinnati kick it off. 3.30 Saturday, you can watch it on ESPN Plus and listen to us on the KSU Owl Network via the KSU Owls app. Okay, Bryce, what would you rather do? What would you rather be? All righty, so I got two this week again. First of all, uh, first question I'll ask you guys is, would you rather be the funniest person in the room or be the smartest person in the room? I would much rather be the funniest person in the room. Yes, because personality can take you a long way for sure. I like it. I like it. And then, hey, the, Travis, uh, are, are you the funniest person in the room in the defensive line? Or is that somebody else? I am definitely not the funniest person. I have to get that to my boy Jaden, man. He keeps everybody rolling. Hey, listen, you know what? You got to give credit where credit's due on that one. That's an easy answer. You got to be the funniest guy in the room. That's it's not even hard. Who wants to be the smartest guy in the room? You can't make everybody laugh. Come on. I'm with you on this one, Sut. I'm 100% with you. Yeah, I mean, I think Brandon's right. First off, like 99% of the time, if you think you're the smartest guy in the room, you're probably not, or you're probably the dumbest. Um, and secondly, on top of that, even if you are the absolute genius in the room, typically people don't take too kindly of that for whatever reason. I'd rather be the funny guy too. Um, get along with everybody. At the end of the day, man, being the smartest, like what does that really do for you? You know, you just come off kind of cocky. That's about it. So. Yeah, I'd rather be the funniest guy in the room, too. Um, everybody gets along with you. Easy. Have you all never seen Doctor Strange? I mean, you know? I have, but, but what, what does that got to do here? I, I, I agree to part of Barclay's rebuttal there. When you think you're the smartest person in the room, that's when you're probably not. Like, you know, when he goes and sees the lady, that, the bald lady that's like the wizard of all time? And she like knocks him out of his body. Like, I feel like that's what happens when someone's like, oh yeah, I'm definitely the smartest person here, you know? But like, I think that if you could be a humble smartest person in the room and like not be like him, then that's what I would be. Just like low key, like, no, like, you know what I mean? Like be smart, have, but like- You have the street smarts? Yeah, like, like low key, not be like Dr. Strange, like, oh yeah, I'm a doctor. I'm super special, you know? I'm with Caleb because just because you're the smartest person in the room doesn't mean you have to act like a jerk and you have to carry yourself like you think you're the smartest person in the room. You just got to be the smartest one in there. So I I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I, I would take smartest over funniest, but I hear the arguments. I just I share a broadcast booth with Barkley, so I'm never going to be the funniest in the room. So I don't even need to try. What a Might as well try to be the smartest. There, see if I can what a compliment. 
man, just stroking the ego over here. Huh? I, mean, <laughs> I want somebody else to pick up that uh, restaurant tab Friday night. <laughs> I don't hey, listen, you got to do whatever you can do. Man. J- JG's, uh, JG's pretty hilarious, and he was on a roll Saturday. He he wasn't a roll, and that drive over to Birmingham that was uh I, I was in tears in some moments. All righty, uh, next one we got this is the second would you rather question. Um, would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every song you hear for the rest of your life? Dancing that's a that's a lot of energy spent, man. I have to say singing, man. I I got vocals. A lot of people don't know I sing in the shower all the time, so. Yeah, I'd definitely be singing. You, you gonna drop us with a sample here, your vocals, Travis? It ain't free, man. <laughs> it ain't free. <laughs> What's the going price on this? Uh, it depends on the song, man. It it it, it depends on the song. Where we going with it? All right. What what's your what's on your pregame playlist? Like, give me one of those songs. What's the going price for that? Uh, my pregame, my pregame. I have no singing in my. It's it's straight hardcore in my pregame um, playlist, man. I don't do no singing during the game. Okay, let's say we're going to karaoke one night. Karaoke? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I have to say, uh, mm, that's a good question. Probably, uh, one in a million by uh Aaliyah. A valid right. answer right there. All right, Travis, how, how about a little inside the nest deal here, okay? You get three sacks in a game. You sing one line of one in a million, and we'll make Barkley Miller sing the rest. How about that? Hey, that's, that's a deal. Yeah, I'd love to see Barkley take a try at that one. Yes, that's <laughs> a deal. Sing along for sure. Because I already sing along to like 90% of the songs that I hear in general. You know, like just in my head at least. But like the very last thing y'all want to see is me attempt to dance at every song I hear. Because if you don't know me or you've never seen me attempt to celebrate a touchdown or ever seen me attempt to dance, it is awful. It's all hand gestures and high fives. And that's about all I've got. I couldn't agree more. I can't dance for my life. I'll sing along because it's like you said, I already do it. Barkley, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with sing along. Uh, pretty easy for me. I sing along with pretty much every song anyway. Uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be afraid of dancing to them either. I, I, I'm one of those people. I have no shame, man. E- either one be good with me. Uh, the sing along, though, I think is where my heart just goes to. Yeah, dog, there we go. But you know what? I'm dancing because, hey, we're only here for a short time, not a long time. Got to make it a good time. All I'm saying, Sud, is if you're on Saturday, we better see you dancing on the sideline. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're putting this into practice now? Well, I thought this was hypothetical, people. Oh, I'm just saying. If you say you want to dance, we got to see those moves. I would say singing because – then you have to dance in the car, right? Can't do that. It's not safe. I mean, you can. You can do the little like yeah, hand drums, however you could say, whatever dancing is in the dancing mm-hmm. in the car. I feel is a lot different than dancing on your feet. I will say Stop that that's like lots. two separate categories. You know what would happen if I had to dance to every song? It would be like that uh, that Allstate commercial where they have the mayhem guy doing the little TikTok <laughs> oh, yeah. dance on the side. And it's just, this will get tens of views. Mine would be like, this will get two views. And somebody will crash because of it. It, I, it would be a hazardous society. I'd no, like there's four it. of us. So, of course, you'll get at least four views. Come on, man. Man, talk about stroking the ego again. Let's go. 400% <laughs> raise there. <laughs> uh, so, we just did Would You Rather. Now, moving on to Factor Fiction here on Inside the Nest. So, gentlemen, this week... It's based on Cincinnati, our question. So, first statement, Cincinnati is home to the world's only ventriloquist museum. Cincinnati is home to the world's only ventriloquist museum. Second statement, the second professionally paid fire department was from Cincinnati. The second one was the second professionally paid fire department was from Cincinnati. Which one is fact? Which one is fiction? 
Mm. The first one I have to say, fact. Okay. And the second one I have to say, fiction. Okay. Uh, first one's fact, second one's fiction. I'm going to go with the second one is fact. Just because that seems a little out there. And okay. it's a, the second paid fire department. Okay, I'm going that as fact. Okay. Who's next? Who who who's who has the uh, the courage to go next? I like the fire department. That's true. It just okay. it just hit me right. It did. Barkley, what do you got? Man, um, dude, I don't know. Those are some good ones, Bryce. Trying to Wait, earn my points where I can. You said the world's only ventriloquist. On the world's only ventriloquist museum. So there is one in Cincinnati. Or is there? I mean, that's true. I, I don't or know. Or is it, is it the only one? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like that's... Man... I'll go with the fire department too. But it's a very hesitant answer. All righty. So, for factor fiction this week, the correct answer is that Cincinnati is home to the world's only ventriloquist museum. No, I was able to way. say. You know what? I'll take my points there. I, I don't think I get any because I didn't get everybody, but I'll take a three out of four stump. You, you don't get anybody – you don't get any because you didn't get everybody. But, wow. I mean, wow. The All only right. thing that was different in the second one about the second professionally paid fire department was that it was actually the first. See, so, I would have figured it would have been Chicago, so that's why second made sense to me, kind of. Another episode of Inside the Nest and the Books. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, be sure to tune in to Kennesaw State this Saturday, 3.30 kickoff from Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati as the Owls take on the Bearcats. You can hear it on the KSU Owl Network via the KSU Owls app, ksuowls.com, and TuneIn Radio. I'll have the call alongside Barkley Miller, Brandon Sutton, Jordan Griffith, Bryce Gobert is going to make the trip up. He'll be spotting for us. Travis, you're on the leaderboard. Thanks again for joining us here today. And we're looking forward to seeing you and the Owls against Cincy. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me.